You are listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast, where we provide top insights into sports leadership to inspire team captains to lead their teams more effectively and help coaches to systematically develop and use them. Now, here's your co-host, Luke Poulos. Captain's Coach Podcast. This is our third installment of our Sports Philosophy Series, and my guest today is Matt Dixon. Matt is an administrator and former athletic director at Trinity Classical Academy in California. Matt has a strong background in sports at all levels and finds his framework for sport and life through Christian values. Today, we'll talk about how those values shape what he sees as the purpose of sports We will also talk about some of the things he sees wrong in the sports world, especially at the youth level, as well as how to create a strong coaching philosophy to keep you on track while not falling into a one-track mindset of winning and winning not being the end-all be-all and some of the, the shadow ends and kind of the pitfalls that that can lead you down. This is one of those conversations that really validates my decision to host this podcast and and agreeing for Ben to be the host of this podcast and why I believe this sports philosophy series is already so valuable. Uh, Without further ado, I hope you really enjoy the conversation as much as I did with Matt Dixon here on another episode of the Captain's Coach Podcast. Hey, Matt, thanks for coming on the Captain's Coach Podcast. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now having the, the third guest as part of our sport philosophy series, really interested to get your perspective, you know, coming from a, a high school administrator, educator, athletic director kind of uh, perspective. Um, I think the best place to start is just, you know, from your, your point of view, what is the, the purpose of sport as you see it? Yeah, that's a great question. And yeah, you're right. Um, You know, I had the opportunity to be athletic director for about 10 years. And so um, growing up playing sports, that was um, probably something I didn't think about so much, right? When when we're kids and when we're just having fun, or even maybe when it gets a little more serious and we get into junior high or high school, um, we're not really as much thinking about why am I doing this? It's just something that we enjoy to do. Uh, or, Or, you know, we might just enjoy watching. Um, so for some, may, maybe it's recreation. Uh, for some, it might be entertainment. Uh, but but I think sadly, there are many times that we don't actually think about, as you just said, like what is the actual purpose? Like that that why? Why are we doing this? Why are we pursuing it? And um, I think for any of us, anytime we go out to do something, right? We have to take a step back, especially as we become adults and we can think and we can understand these things, we can take a step back and we can say, okay, uh, why am I participating in this? And and not only why, but I have to know what my end goal is, right? Because if I understand what my end goal is, um, that's going to then continue to shape who I am and how I proceed about doing that thing. Okay. So when we talk about the purpose of sports, uh, again, like I said, I think for some, it's 
just recreational or it's exercise or it's, you know, it's fun. And, and on the surface level, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, for others, it, it, it might be the pursuit of a college scholarship or uh, some greater dream of being a professional athlete or something like that. And I think those in and of themselves are, are fine things, right? Uh, in and of themselves, uh, those are those are fine endeavors, but they aren't ultimate, right? They aren't ultimate endeavors. So coming back to the original question, what is the purpose of sports? Um, I think we can look at, we see sports throughout history, right? We, we see uh, sports in, in Greece, in Rome. Uh, if we read through the Bible, right, we see uh, different versions of that. We see Paul, even the New Testament, referencing uh, the idea and using analogy, talking about athletics and sports. And uh, I think for me, that's kind of what has helped inform my thinking uh, in the context of the purpose. And so uh, for me, uh, when I understand anything, uh, I know that that is for a greater purpose and that is to honor and glorify God. First uh, Corinthians 1031 says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So, so from the outset, I understand that the purpose of anything that I do is going to be um, for that end, right? For that goal of glorifying God. And so from there, it then trickles down, right? It, it trickles down for us to be able to understand, okay, now, now what does that look like for me and what do I do? And specifically in sports, what does that look like? Okay, because uh, in today's world, if I put, turn on the NBA, even with the playoffs going on right now and all that type of stuff, uh, best case scenario, it's about someone's team if it's not just about them, right? But it, I think it can't just stop there. It has to be for an even greater purpose than that. It's not about self-promotion, but it's about uh, honoring and glorifying Christ and what we do. So again, from my perspective, when I look at that, what is the purpose of sport? I'm going to say that it's to glorify God. And so if I understand that is my end goal, then I have to think back, what are the steps that helped me get there? And, and here's the interesting thing. For some, and I think if we hear uh, professional athletes or anyone else talk about it, the end goal is winning, right? Is victory. That's it. That's where you want to stop and just say, this is the end goal. But, but we've seen the problems with that. We've seen the problems with if the end goal, if my sole purpose is victory or winning, having a better score than my opponent or the other team, what does that lead to? It leads to things, controversies like the Houston Astros. It, it leads to uh, self-promotion. It leads to performance-enhancing drugs. It leads to so many other things that I think most of us would recognize are the downside or the the I would say the ugly part of athletic competition, um, because for for those people, they have a sole purpose of winning. And if your sole purpose is winning, everything you do will be impacted of how you can get to that end or goal or purpose. But for me, if I'm looking at it from a Christian worldview perspective, if I recognize that my end goal is to glorify God, and if that winning, I always say it this way, Winning is a goal, it's not the goal. I, I think we participate in competition because we want to uh, win, right? We want to have victory. I, I don't know about you, but I grew up playing board games and different things with my family, and I always wanted to win, right? right? 
uh, if we're going to participate in something, we, we, we want to be victorious in that. We want to be successful in that. But I think to be the most successful in, in sports, we have to recognize that um, we must put it into categories of things that we have control over. So let me explain that. If I'm on a, I played basketball mostly growing up. So if I'm on a basketball team and I come against another basketball team, there's only certain things that I have control over. Things that I don't have control over, uh, the facilities, um, my teammates for the most part, uh, the other team I'm playing against, maybe it's a mismatch. Maybe they are much better and much more talented than our team just on the outset. They're bigger, stronger, faster, all those things. I can't control that, right? I can control two things, my attitude and my effort. Now we can back that up, right? My attitude and so many things. How am I coming into the game? What's my mindset? All of those types of things. But then also my effort isn't just in-game effort, but it's preparation. It's practice. It's everything I've put into to get to that point. Those are the literal only two things that I can control because I can't control other things for other people. So at the end of the day, I would say sports is a learning opportunity, a growth opportunity in a unique way that is fun, that is enjoyable. But the two things that I ultimately can control in it are my attitude and effort for whatever my end goal or purpose is. And again, from my standpoint, that's to honor and glorify God with the gifts and abilities that he's given to us. So my attitude and effort better be the best that is out there. It better be, I better have a, a good attitude no matter what. I better come in with a, a winning mindset, a, a victorious mindset, but at the same time knowing I've done literally everything I can uh, to be successful, that I've worked hard, that I've lifted weights, that I've taken extra shots, that I've you know, spent extra time preparing all those things, all those things coming together, knowing that I can leave it all on the field, leave it all out on the court because I've done everything that I can. If I've done that, I can be satisfied and I can be successful. And I also know that I've learned something that's bigger than sport, right? I've learned something that's just bigger than athletics because those are things that I can then take into the rest of my life. So that's my short answer. <laughs> uh, that's my short answer for the purpose of sports. Yeah, no, no, no. I love that, Matt. And there's, there's so much in there to kind of unpack, but, you know, just to start from the whole framework that you have that I, I, I like, and I'm going to use from now on in my, in my conversations moving forward is, yeah, when we talk about the purpose of anything, right, it kind of is, what is the, the end state? What is the end that we're trying to reach? Mm -hmm. And yeah. then how do we go about that end is also, you know, intertwined in that purpose so when we look at sport and like you said the end all be all being victorious or winning definitely has that shadow side and that's where you kind of back it up and go into okay well how are you going about winning are you doing it the right way and that's kind of where your your background and your your framework and foundation in christianity and glorifying god points you in that direction of how you're accomplishing that end goal and how you are participating in sport and what are the other lessons and like you said winning is a goal and bringing that into the two things you can control your attitude and your effort yeah, if you're absolutely putting your attitude and your effort towards 
Christian values towards winning at the same time, your attitude and effort is going to be a hundred percent and it's going to be a hundred percent within the rules and the unwritten rules and the ethics of sport and society at, at large. If it's not, and your end goal is just the end all be alls winning. That's when you end up with situations, like you said, the, the Houston Astros and your, and your drug scandals and, and baseball and cycling and all the other scandals we hear about. And it's interesting, you know, kind of to tangent that off to some of my previous conversations in terms of leadership with coaches and athletes, you know, leadership is influence and it's influencing your group, yourself, your team to act in ways that will let you reach a common goal. And what is that common goal? Yes, it's winning, but also when you talk to these coaches and and athletes who have super successful teams, winning it never is the, the top of the list. It's always the smaller things or the relationships or the effort and the attitude and the culture. And when those things are all in place, the winning kind of comes naturally because mm-hmm. in reality, winning is the result that you should get when you play by the rules and you are a hundred percent in all those different aspects. That's, yeah, what, absolutely. that's what gets absolutely. you. It's not, it's not the chase of winning in and of itself that gets you winning. It's yeah, absolutely. all those other pieces that point you in that direction. So it's interesting that kind of how all of those things are mixed together through the, through the philosophy and also the, that kind of leadership in action kind of perspective that I've seen and, and seeing it all kind of come together. It, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, for sure. And we, we you know, in working with coaches at a high school level uh, here at the school that I, I work with, it's, we always ask the question, um, whether this is in an interview, uh, preparing like, hey, is this a coach that can fit our culture? Or uh, after a season, you know, kind of a end of season exit interview to just talk through, hey, how did things go? Uh, we always have to look at that question. What does it mean to be successful, right? So what does it mean to have, I always say uh, in an interview, like, what does it mean to have a successful team or a successful season? What does that mean to you? Because I want to know how someone thinks in those terms, because I know that, again, that kind of comes back to that and their goal or purpose. Um, I know that whatever their end goal is, is going to shape everything else that they do. And so um, we always kind of term it this way, winning, uh, it's the same thing that you just said, but um, it just said in a different way, winning should be a natural byproduct of our success. Right. Yeah. Right. It should be that natural outflowing because going back to the attitude and effort, if, if think about it, if you have a team that attitudes are in line, they're all in it for each other. If they're in it to help and encourage and grow one another, if, and if their effort, if they're all working hard in the weight room at practice, dedicated studying all those things, most of the time you're probably going to have, some winning going on, you know, unless you're in some ridiculously hard division or league or something like that, you're, you're, you're probably going to see some victory, but ultimately you, again, you're going to see, man, did I have a successful season? Um, It's always very telling to someone when you say, did you have a successful season? And they point to their record. Uh, Because again, is that the ultimate by, uh, is that the ultimate measure of their success or is that just a subsequent or is that a subcategory you know of their success and so again i think those are very telling but 
as you guys are even working through and having these conversations, it's important for us to think through that and know that because again, where we set our aim and what we, what we strive for and what our goal is will impact how we act, uh, you know, taking a step back. And, and so, so again, if winning is our ultimate goal, um, we're going to do anything we can to get there, even cheating or even cutting corners or whatever else it might be uh, that I think is problematic that we see with sports today. So, yeah, no. And I think that's a, a great way to frame it. And I mean, you know, pick one point up from you there with the, the growth mindset and the improving as a group and improving each other and seeing each other grow and doing all the right things. If you're not, bought into this whole concept of winning isn't everything and, and pointing to your record, even at the professional sports level, um, you know, take two teams, for example, team A and team B. Team A last year won the, won the championship or made it to the championship and team B didn't even make the playoffs. Um, the next year, team A makes it to the, the semifinals and loses and team B loses in the first round of playoffs the following year who had the more successful season? Was it, was it the team that went from not making the playoffs to making it to the first round of playoffs and losing, or is it the team that went to the championship and won the championship and the next year, you know, fell short of that goal? You know, on yep. paper, if you're just looking at the one year, team A had a more successful season than team B, but in reality, team B probably did a lot more things better than they did the previous year than team A did. And, you know, obviously we're still pointing at the record to kind of compare those things, but I would say team B probably improved their culture, probably improved their attitude, their effort, and that natural byproduct of winning and growing in their victorious category was a byproduct of all the other things they did well. So that's just one, one way to kind of look at that and break out of the mentality of success based on record. And, talking to some of these coaches, especially at the college level, you know, what's your ultimate goal as a coach? Um, when it, when it comes to being a leader, what's your biggest impact as a leader on these, on these students and your athletes or as a captain? Well, it's, it's seeing these players and athletes develop as human beings, as a, as a holistic citizen, as a, as a person that can contribute to society as a family member, as a husband, as a wife, as a parent, it's what are all these other things that sports are contributing to and the lessons that we can learn through sports. And you kind of pointed it out in, in your first uh, short answer there um, about sports being a, a teach, like a teaching um, through a, a teaching waypoint um, and, and educational purposes. So I kind of Absolutely. see that. And, and I'm glad you started on that path of how you interact with your coaches and your administration at your school and kind of how you feel them out or is there anything you kind of look for offer to them in terms of, you know, this philosophy or or way of thinking um, that kind of helps them develop their own coaching philosophy or do you have any advice for coaches out there that are trying to develop their own coaching philosophy and kind of piece all of this together? I think one big part of it we've already covered, but just to reiterate is to always ask like, what is our, again, what is our end goal? And as much as you can, um, I think this is what's unique sometimes. Sometimes there's a difference between um, teaching and learning. And so what I mean by that is sometimes teaching uh, as a coach or even as an educator, 
it's easy to think I'm just going to keep saying the same thing to someone. And we think that by continuing to repeat something that they will then embody it. And sometimes that does happen, right? You hear something enough, it becomes part of then your vocabulary and who you are and all that type of stuff. Yet one of the most interesting things that I've learned as an educator is that the best way to know and understand the insight or the mindset of a, of a student, or in this case, a student athlete, is when they are talking is when you hear them, uh, maybe they're regurgitating or maybe they're giving their own thoughts about something. But when I'm just the one doing the talking all the time, I have no idea how much they are engaged, right? So uh, I would say one thing is that talk about this stuff a lot, but when I say talk about it, don't not talk at, actually talk with, mm -hmm. you know, talk with your team, talk with your coaching staff, talk with, everyone else and make it a conversation to say, uh, hey, here's our end or goal or purpose. We're doing this. But really frame it in a, if you want to, you know, look at it more of a, in an educational context. Hey guys, what should we be striving for? Because when you bring them into the conversation, whether that's again with your coaching staff or again with your student athletes, not all the time. It's not that this becomes a classroom instead of a practice field. But I think there are opportunities or moments for things like that, because when you engage their mind and they actually have to speak and formulate thoughts, you're not only going to then be able to gauge where they are at and thereby be able to adjust what you're doing, um, but you also are welcoming them into that conversation. And, and it's not like you come into this not knowing at all like what you think about it. It's that you're asking some hypothetical question. But it, it really is um, getting into their mindset and understanding. So that way you can continue to talk about uh, where you're going and why and all of those purposes. I think to me, even from a, you know administrator coach level or again, coach to coach or coach to player, um, that's, that's many times the best way is, yeah, you wanna have times of teaching and, and instructing, direct instruction. But you also have to have times of learning where you're understanding what's going on in the mindset uh, of, a, of another fellow coach uh, or maybe, a, um, you know, one of your assistant coaches as a head coach or as a coach with your players. Um, what's going on in their mind? What are they thinking about? What is their end or goal and purpose and what they're doing? And how can I continue to shape and inform and instruct uh, that? Because if I never ask them, I just assume, and I have no clue. Right, exactly, and, and obviously that's a big part of leadership in general is is that communication piece, right? And it's communication. You know, we always harp on it, and it's and it's kind of cliche, but communication is a two way street. And I think sometimes, for sure, coaches can get stuck in that instruction mindset, and especially with their captains, a lot of times you hear coaches are kind of hesitant to give them responsibilities or putting messages out to their teammates um, bringing them into the fold like you said it, it provides them an opportunity to contribute to the culture and the conversation and the philosophy of the team and it also provides you the opportunity to kind of check yourself and how well you've been doing in that instructional piece and getting your message across because if you oh, actually absolutely. them and they're not telling you uh, you're not on the same page as what you just put out or what you think you just put out because it might not actually be what you actually put out um it provides a check to you 
and saying, oh, hey, maybe I need to change my messaging, you know, hey, spark a conversation of like, hey, what did I miss here? Or what did you not get from, you know, this is what I was actually trying to say. This is the path I actually want us to be on. Okay, this is what you guys want to be doing. We need to come somewhere in the middle and overlap so that, you know, my goal as a coach and what I see as success matches what you all see as a team as success. And like you said, even down to the individual level, what you all personally see as success for yourself. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a great way to frame your coaching philosophy and and an emphasis on that. That communication may not be somebody's first thought of, you know, how to formulate that philosophy, but, you know, it's kind of like everything, the the more people you talk to, the more ideas you have flowing back to you. Um, It kind of helps solidify what you already have in your own head. Absolutely. And, you know, let me just add this to it as well. Um, I, I think I learned this as an educator, um, but I remembered back to college when I experienced this uh, as a student myself, and, and it all kind of clicked for me. And, and that's when a, a, a student, or in this case, when a, when a student athlete um, has to own it for themselves they learn exponentially more than anything you might just directly shoot at them, right? Or you might just directly say to them. Uh, So so what I mean by that is in college, uh, I was able to be a part of something where I was given a lot of responsibility and basically said, hey, here's what we need to accomplish, figure it out. Well, suddenly now my name was attached to it, right? Right. So so I had to step up and say, it it wasn't just something I could uh, haphazardly approach. It was, oh, wow. I've been given this great responsibility, and so I, I need to do something with it. And so even as an educator, realizing and sitting in workshops or different things, but but connecting those pieces and saying, okay, how as an educator can I give enough um, leeway or enough or provide enough responsibility with obviously with instruction and with direction, but maybe from a coach that's to your captains, like, hey, okay, we have, uh, you know, we're going to be doing something on Friday in this context. You guys are in charge of coming up with it. And here's the thing. They might fail miserably, <laughs> right? They might come yeah, up with like, the worst idea ever. Yet they, hopefully they at least tried. And, and if they did try and if they did fail, guess what? You now have an incredible opportunity because more than ever, they're going to come to you and say, coach, I had no idea why that flopped. Help me. Because I don't want that to happen again. Right. And, and so it's an incredible opportunity because either they own it and are successful or most likely, as we all do, because we all fail. Right. We're going to learn in that time of failure and we're actually going to desire to learn more and hear because something didn't work out. And so I think as much as we can do that for our student athletes or for our students or anyone uh, that we lead to say, how can I provide that that opportunity for responsibility? Uh, we we will see exponential growth as a result. No, yes, for sure, and that's something you know. It's 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 easy to say, but it's not as easy to do as being Absolutely, okay yeah. with failure. And one of the, my previous guests, um, way back, uh, Todd Sanders, had a great uh, quote or a great. It wasn't really a quote, but more so just kind of a um, a mantra for leadership and it was called supported autonomy and it's that whole aspect of you know 
hey, I'm going to give you, you know, say in the military, we give you your left and right limits and you have to accomplish a goal somehow inside this left and right limits. And however you want to do it, it's, it's all you. And, you know, you put up those left and right limits so you kind of mitigate how bad they can screw up so it's not catastrophic. Um, hmm. but you're giving them just enough leeway that they're coming up with their own way and learning about it. Um, and they still yeah. feel that support so you're not just hanging them out to dry on their own. And we always say, you know, if you want buy-in on a plan or a mission or an operation, go back to your, your team and say, hey, how would you guys do this? And you're going to get some really creative, innovative ideas. And maybe a lot of them aren't going to be the best. And you can kind of tell them, hey, I understand what you're, where you're coming from, where you're going with this, but this is my concern with that way. Um, what if we tried it a little bit differently, but still incorporated, you know, the one thing that, that Timmy said and the other thing that, that Jenny said, and now it is the entire team's plan. And if it still fails, that's okay. You have to be okay with failure in some aspects. And it kind of goes back to the training and practice piece. If you're doing all these things the right way and putting the attitude and effort in, you know, you might fail, but they're going to be smaller failures, failures, and you're going to have the mindset of education because, you know, back to from, from the very beginning, what's the whole point of sport and, and what are we really doing here? You know, a big piece of that is the education piece um, and the, those Christian values and coming from that, that Christian infrastructure, um, that growth mindset and helping others grow and improve and, and continue on that pathway. Um, so I think that's, that's a great way to, to kind of summarize the, the coaching philosophy along with the communication piece for sure. Yeah, I love, I love the, that little um, line you had, supported autonomy. That's a yeah, great way of putting autonomy. it. Yeah, I've taken, that, I've taken that with me. So Todd, if you ever hear this, um, thanks again. It's supported <laughs> once, once more. Uh, Matt, I know yeah. we're, we're running a little short here on time. So I got, I got one more question before I, I let you go. Um, yeah. Are there any, or you know, what are the, what are the biggest problems you see in sports today, maybe something coaches and athletes aren't necessarily considering, um, or do you have any big pet peeves in the sports world in regards specifically to philosophy? Yeah, let me, I, I have a couple, maybe even a few. <laughs> uh, number one, and this is something I, I've dealt with experientially uh, from an administrative standpoint, and that's starting at the, the kind of like younger levels, um, this idea that uh, in order to de-emphasize winning, which we, you know, just spent some time talking about, in order to de-emphasize winning, uh, they have these leagues that are just for fun, quote unquote, where they don't keep score. Now, here's the problem. Let me give a practical problem and then I'll give a philosophical problem. The practical problem with that is the kids are still keeping score. Yep. <laughs> right. I mean, you, you have like a five or a six year old. Uh, if you ask them after the game, even though the scoreboard is turned off, no one is writing it down. Maybe mom or dad or, you know, some someone is writing it down. The kids still know what the score is. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. They know what the score is. And what's funny is afterwards, if you ask them, right. Hey, great job. Uh, you know, how'd it go? Or you, you see them afterwards. If they won, they will let you know they won. <laughs> I mean, without a doubt, they'll say, oh, well, we won. You know, it was, it was five to three and this is blah, blah, blah. You know, end of a soccer game, something like that. But what's funny is on the flip side, 
if you get this, the, the, someone from the quote unquote losing team that technically lost, but not really. Uh, and you say, wow, you know, I heard you had a great game. You played well. How'd it go? And you know, this, I'm, a, I'm picturing grandma or grandpa asking them who they weren't able to attend the game. They'll say, Oh, it was, it was pretty good. Yeah. I, uh, we don't keep score though. You know, yeah. because they lost, they right. don't want to admit they lost. They're just going to say, uh, Oh, well, we don't keep score. So it's just for fun. Now, let me take the step back to the philosophical in that, because I think we can already kind of see what the problem is. The problem then becomes um, the grounding. What it then teaches uh, kids is that really, I think if in this weird roundabout way, actually emphasizes winning all the more. Yeah. And it does, because here's what I think students don't have from a three, four, five, six, seven-year-old foundation that then... Uh, makes its way as they get older they don't understand how to win or lose graciously because we all are going to win and lose at times it's just a part of sport it's just a part of life it's what happens but i think those are some fundamental things that even small children need to learn because we see the outcome of that right again look at we can all point to bad examples of college and and, and pro sports or anything of people who still don't know how to win or lose graciously. Right. And I'm not saying that's because they participate in a league like this, but I'm saying that participations in leagues like that only perpetuate that problem uh, even more. So the idea that winning doesn't matter, which is funny, again, if you listen to the full context of what we've been talking about, I would say winning is not the goal, but it's a goal. And if you just take it out of the equation altogether, I think it just convolutes things and confuses things, especially for, for little kids. It doesn't, again, it doesn't teach them how to win or lose with class and with grace, uh, which I think is just as much an educational part as the skills themselves. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a, great, a great one to point out, Pat, and something that we, we don't always hear kind of that side of it. Obviously, we just talk about, oh, it's making, it's making kids soft when you take away the score and it's making everybody feel like a winner. But, but really, like you said, it's a big piece of sports at a young age is sportsmanship and probably yes. the biggest piece of sportsmanship is learning how to accept the result of the competition, no matter yes. which side you're on. And like you said, it almost, yeah. it almost makes the score more important because kids know, like you said, kids know what the score is. And if you're hiding it from them, it almost makes it a bigger deal than if you just laid it out in the open and could have an honest conversation with them. Oh, yeah, it becomes much more a place of focus. And, and let me even go to a deeper level. And I know some people listening to this are going to like, oh, my goodness, really, we're going to go that far. But I think that there's some inherent truth here. I think it even goes as far as teaching, uh, teaching kids that the truth exists, that truth is real, that truth uh, is with a capital T, that there is a real right and there's a real wrong. Because once you start to muddy the waters in that arena, right, once you start to muddy the waters of like, well, technically we don't keep score. So, you know, did I win? Did I lose? What is winning? Right? It sounds like we're in a philosophy class now. But, but the point is, is it teaches them even on that level that truth is, is, is real. Like you either really lost or you really won. And those things actually happen. So I would say even from a, a, a grander perspective, we want I want students to know and understand that truth does exist, right? 
regardless of what has happened on Twitter or different places recently, two plus two does equal four. Like there actually is mathematical grounding in some of these things to know uh, that metaphysics and science and all those things absolutely matter. And even if I bring philosophy into that, that's understanding that truth uh, with a capital T, meaning real truth does exist and it can be known. So uh, again, I'm, I'm not gonna be teaching that to a five-year-old philosophically or in that way, but I think the foundation starts with something like this. And you could see how easily for our society or for culture, it, it can become a slippery slope. So I know it's just a small part, but, but I think it can have big consequences at the same time. No, I agree. I think that's, that's a huge deal. And I, and I love the connection there. I, I don't know if I would have reached that on my own, but I completely agree with you and, and how you lay that out. And I think it is a big deal. It, and again, it just goes back to what are we using sports for, especially at, mm -hmm. at, at the youth level. And that's how we, we teach lessons. And if we're teaching lessons that are contradictory to the real world later down the line, like you said, it starts to get muddied and you're completely robbing somebody of a valuable life lesson um, of winning and losing. And like you said, that there's real truth, which is a, is a huge deal once you get into adulthood and, and, and young adulthood and understanding that. Otherwise, you're going to be very confused when reality sinks in. Uh, because reality, whether or not you believe in truth, reality is, is a thing. So, uh, yeah. yeah, no, I, I love that. And I, it, this, is, this is the sport philosophy series. So that's definitely a, a good way to, to tie that all in there right at the end. Um, uh, I, do, I know you got to run here in a minute here, Matt. So is there, is there anything else you want to you wanna touch on uh, before we let you go? No, just thank you. Thank you guys for what you're doing. And I think it's a worthwhile endeavor just to, have these conversations and continue to think through, um, you know, the, obviously there's the fun side of sports that we all want to watch and enjoy. But I think uh, many times a lot of the problems that we see in, in sports and in athletics today too stem from us not asking, not, not taking the time to really just ask these questions uh, first and foremost as adults, but even knowing how that influences uh, our choices and what we do and how we frame things. Again, whether it's a league that's being formed or policies or uh, anything like that into structures and team philosophy, all of that. Uh, if we're not taking the time to really be considerate of, of our end, our goal, our purpose, and, and the ramifications and consequences that can come from it, then, uh, you know, it, it could be bad. <laughs> we could have some bad things that happen. And again, I think we've seen some fruit of that. So, so thank you. Thank you guys for what you're doing and trying to make sure that we're asking the right questions. I appreciate that, Matt. And uh, I don't think anything else needs to be said. I think that was a, that was a great, uh, a great little way to, to close this one out. And I, I thank you again, Matt, for coming on the show. Uh, you know, it's conversations like these that you know, I'm just makes me, uh, feel very lucky uh, to have these conversations and be able to share, share some thoughts and share some words with, with our listeners and uh, we're all better for it. So I appreciate it, Matt. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the captain's coach podcast with Luke Bullet. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and check out our website at captainscoach.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Captain's Coach Podcast.